0: Thank you. Welcome back to the SLI Podcast. Today we have a great conversation with Don Jansen and Carol Malinsky where they go through the importance of putting relationships before results. Really quick, I just wanted to let you know that we have a free gift, a downloadable PDF of takeaway points from Don that go along with this episode. If you are interested in receiving this, just email us at info@servantleadershipinstitute.com. At this gift is exclusive with this episode, so enjoy this episode and don't forget to email us after with the subject title of Don's free gift. Enjoy the episode. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. We're very happy this morning to welcome our friend and servant leader Don Jansen. Don is the retired head of veterinary medicine for San Diego Zoo Global. He's an author, podcaster, and blogger. Don's book is called Upside Down Leadership, and if you haven't read it, you're really missing out because it's filled with stories of his adventures at the zoo and also great detail on his journey to becoming a servant leader welcome Don and um, let's get started thank you Carol it's good to be here yeah it's good to see you always um, so let's get started our topic today is going to be putting relationships before results why do you think it's important to focus on people before results Don and how does it work
1: well I I know it's sort of a counterintuitive uh, thought you know mm. you want everybody wants to get results but if that's what you focus on, I think um, you're missing something. Basically, I think the concept is people are required to get results. So if you don't pay attention to people, you're not going to get the results you want. And maybe if you're working alone in, in a very simple environment where everything depends on you, you could do that. But when you're involving other people, uh, you have to focus on them to get results. And I think it's really most important, particularly in, when there's a crisis going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you talk a little bit, let's talk a little bit about crisis. Why is it so important, the people side of things uh, in a crisis?
1: Well, I think um, it's natural when there is a crisis to focus on the problem, for the boss especially to focus on the problem. Mm-hmm. They're the the ones that have to deal with it, have to deal with the repercussions for it. So the kind of the default is to Focus on the problem and try to fix it and tell people what to do. But in most cases, I think people will know what to do if, if you uh, give and trust them to do so. And it's almost impossible for a boss to know everything anyway. And I found that um, when you try to do everything, people will follow you and, and try to do what you tell them, but they stop thinking. And mm. when, you, when, when, you, when you put a crush on people, when people feel squeezed, physiologically they don't work quite as well. So I think that's what happens in a crisis so often, is the boss puts uh, pressure on people to do what they tell them to do. And that may be not the best thing to do. And they stop thinking. And then things fall apart and get worse.
0: Yeah, I think I think um, the emphasis becomes, you, you mentioned a little earlier, that they start thinking, just how am I going to please the boss? Right. And so I, what I'm hearing you say is that that stops them from really looking at trusting themselves and looking for solutions to the problem.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going on. And and uh, over time, people become less um, willing to put themselves at risk or to come to... Mm. to um, to go in a direction that uh, they think is right uh, because they're just following orders Yeah, and they yeah. get discouraged and disengaged and all that. Yeah.
0: Can you give us an example perhaps from your book about a situation like that?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess that kind of my favorite example is, um, uh, one, one of, uh, it's kind of early on when things were going really well, one of the veterinarians that, uh, was most important to me probably got sick he got cancer Mm. and uh, it was it threw us all into a tizzy of course but he handled it really well Uh, he took it um, took it very well and and it kind of bolstered the morale of our whole department because of the way he handled it but I knew him well enough to know that he was scared he had a family young Mm, family and he wasn't sure what was going to happen of course he was going to go through chemo and it would be, uh, putting his immune system at, uh, at risk. So he would be unable to work with animals, at least sick animals for a period of time. And he would be, oh. he would be sick, you know, just yeah. chemotherapy does that to you and he wouldn't be able to work or not be able to work at his prime. So what was, what was he going to do during that time? Uh, and I, I was thinking, you know, it's, there's a lot of options here, but It's kind of my decision as department head. What's best for the department, and if I looked at just results, you know, I would have thought, okay, we need to cover his absence, so uh, put him on disability. He'll get paid. If he gets better, he'll come back, and everything will be okay. But uh, I also realized that he was uh, dependent on um, on his work for you know to maintain his kind of his personal value in, in his sense of self and we really did need him around he was a great influence for uh, how to behave as a veterinarian I'll say and he was a really good influence in that way if he was mm-hmm. gone we wouldn't have that and besides there were a lot of other things that I could have him do or that he would be good at doing other than being around the animals we had policies and procedures and and things to work out that he could do when he was not able to be around people, mm-hmm. so we decided to keep him working as much as he could. Uh, and he, there was times when he just couldn't, and it, it didn't go well. But all in all, uh, he, he, uh, we kept him around, and he get, did get better. His cancer was gone. In fact, he's still a valued member of the uh, organization. Oh, that's great. And I. I think he still would have been if we had put him on disability but it but it really helped uh him and oddly enough I guess uh it came around to help me too because uh I turned out last year to have the same cancer that he did.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And uh he was a big supporter for me during yeah. that time a big huh. uh his success uh was uh it really helped me get through my chemotherapy as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, uh, what you're pointing out there and what you're illustrating is so important. And I think it's, it's something that sets servant leadership apart. You looked at an event, we call it the unfolding of life's events. All right. And it's our, our goal as servant leaders, you know, to deal with those things mm. and to not take as you mentioned, the obvious solution: now, remove this person. Just get somebody else, you know, in there that can do do the job, so that we maintain our results. Right. But you look deeper, right. and I think servant leaders look deeper.
1: Yeah, they look to the long term
0: and to see a more holistic uh, solution.
1: Right, that always involves people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good good way of putting it. I, I like that. Yeah. And I think for
0: veterinarians, another
1: example that you may not expect is for a um, medical emergency. We, we deal with these sudden medical emergencies where you have to think fast, you have to act fast. And it's very tempting for the veterinarian who's responsible for that moment to be barking orders at people. Um, but I found that the most effective ones, effective times that I've been involved... Or that I've watched others, which is what I ended up doing later in my career, is watching others deal with emergencies. Mm -hmm. The most effective ones, there wasn't a lot of loud volume of talking. In fact, there wasn't a lot of talking at all. The ones that worked the best, everybody knew what to do and they worked together as a team because they do that all the time and they trusted one another and there didn't need to be a lot of talking or a lot of orders being bounced around. People knew what to do even though the veterinarian was making the decisions of what needed to be done and how it needed to be done, it didn't need a lot of um, bargaining of orders, just uh, just uh, uh, trusting one another to do their jobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So even in even in a crisis like that, um, I think it still works to yeah. focus on the people.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about results, though. I mean, we have to get results. So what do you do to maintain those results at the same time you're trying to approach things, you know, as a servant leader and more holistically, as I mentioned?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's all right to be task oriented. I mean, you have to be task and goal oriented to uh, get things done. there's, There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want your team to be really competent and engaged, you have to focus on them and their needs. And that's what servant leaders do best, is Mm -hmm. is focus on people's needs. And um, a quote I attribute to Andy Stanley, although I don't know if it was originally from him, was, uh, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. And you can replace rules with results, I think, and get the same kind of idea. If you focus just on results without trying to establish a relationship with people, you're not going to get the results you want, and you'll get... A lot of other things, but it won't be the results you want. <laughs> so, um, I think that's, uh, that's the point that you really do have to focus on the people. It's, it's kind of a roundabout way of getting the results, but it's, it's not because it's the people who are doing it. Right. You're not doing it. Right. It's the people that are doing it.
0: Yeah. So it's like, I, I uh, it's akin to the southwest airlines story where they said you know we're number 1 is going to be our employees and if they're taken care of they'll turn around and take care of our passengers
1: yes yeah herb, herb Kelleher was a master at that he people would do crazy things for him because <laughs> of what he ultimately would do for them and they mm-hmm. trusted him yeah yeah that's that is uh that's the that's the payoff that's the payoff
0: yeah definitely definitely you you quote something you know when, as you're talking Don about results and I love this quote you said remember that situations are temporary but relationships are long term can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah I the, the I think it's the look at that sermon leaders look at the at the big picture, that holistic, long-term thing. Results um, they certainly can have long-term implications, but often we're f- we're shooting for very short-term results. You know whether that's you know shareholder uh, the the price of your stock shares mm-hmm. or or just the um, the bottom line for the period. Uh, it, it, we're often shooting for those short-term results, and they're not really—they're um, not really what we what, we're, what we really want to shoot for. We want to shoot for long-term results, mm-hmm. and relationships are about long-term results. And like the example I gave with um, with the fellow that had cancer, you never know what those long-term results will be, but good relationships will bring good results in the long run Mm -hmm. and usually in the short run too
0: so this sounds a little people would say that this is a really soft approach and that um, employing this i can see people saying well you know if you're going to be nice to people and if you're going to be more compassionate are your standards then going to end up eventually going down
1: yeah, and that's a that's a valid criticism, I think, if it's done poorly, mm. and by poorly I mean where where you think that you can't hold people accountable, and they're, that's they're they're not the same thing. They're really a different sides of the same coin, if you will. The same coin being focusing on people, but that requires uh, responsibility as well as um, Uh, serving them Mm -hmm. and in fact serving people um, I think does bring responsibility to both sides and and uh, so it's really two sides of the same same coin
0: yeah I think ultimately you know people need to understand and hopefully you're communicating this to uh, to your employees on a regular basis is that you know ultimately yes results are important because we wouldn't be here. Right. And so, you know, we, we've got to keep those results happening, but how they take place are, where, is where the difference is.
1: Right. It's not, about, it's not about being nice, but it is about setting expectations and holding people to those expectations. And um, that is so consistent with servant leadership. It's, it's not something different than that.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, it also goes along with being, you know, obviously you're going to instill in your people this knowledge that, yes, we have to get get results, the results are critical, but also being very clear about the goals, the roles, and the process. Right,
1: right. We, you can talk about financial matters and and think that those will be, of course, you have to be focused on results for those. Um, But I I had a boss who uh, was really a good guy, but he would would focus just on the bottom line. He would just focus on the budget, and he would be talking about cutting spending and trying to increase revenue, all the things that you want to do to increase your financial situation, all Mm -hmm. good. But the way he communicated it, most people did not understand that he really did care about them. And, and I knew him well enough to know that he did, but he didn't communicate that well, and as a result, people did not. They would comply, but they didn't understand, and they didn't get a feeling that they were that they're um, that they were being valued, mm. and and he was kind of unsuccessful for that for that reason. And and, and in contrast to that, also on financial matters, I, when I was on the executive team at the at the zoo. We would uh, go through the, every period, the financial statement, and that financial statement would be boring, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, yes, for, especially for a veterinarian. <laughs> um, so our CFO uh, and CEO worked together, and they s- decided that they were going to have each one of us present, take turns presenting the financial statement for the for the period, and uh, I was one of many who s- thought that was. Ridiculous to do because <laughs> it, we needed the CFO to do that, right? Right, she's of the course. one who knew the, the, <laughs> the basis for it, but um, but it worked, and that's the 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 point of that was that the uh, the people dynamics uh, were so important. Uh, we she attributes that doing that activity to improving the financial matters at the San Diego Zoo Global. Tremendously. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of factors involved, probably, but that one thing brought everybody together. And I know when I took it was my turn. I took it very seriously because you're going to be in front of everybody else in the in the in the boardroom talking about the finances. So I had to kind of know what I was talking about. So I took the time to to uh, talk to the finance people, and it also gave me the opportunity to explain our. How, how our departments worked and how they were part of the financial impact of the organization. And none of that would have happened otherwise, and each of us had that opportunity to do so. So by focusing on the people, which is what she did, it uh, enabled the, um, the financial results to improve. Um, as before, she was just focusing on the results and hold, trying to hold people accountable directly you know, if their yeah. if their if their revenues were down, why? And what are we going to do about it? And whose fault is it? As an implication, but instead, we all took responsibility, uh, and and in the end, we kind of enjoyed it and 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 really learned a lot as well.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is that you know you didn't just take it as uh, okay. Here's the you know, here's the financials. I got my slide up on the wall, and I'm looking at my, and I'm just giving numbers. Right. Because you, you were given that task to present, you felt it was necessary to dig in and really find out what did it mean. Right. Not just give the numbers. Did you find that that, that kind of that happened sort of across the board?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we all learned uh, more about each other that way as well. And again, it it, it was her intention was to get us financially literate, really, because yes. a lot of us weren't all that financially right. literate. And she was effective in that. But more than that, we got to know one another's um, area and how it plays into the role, the whole financial roles. Instead of being defensive, we could be um, part of the process. And we felt valued that way rather than, rather than being the problem because that's what we would focus on before. were are the problems and who's, who's going to fix it? Now we could focus on being a, a part of the whole and having value rather than be, a, be the problem.
0: Yeah, and you obviously, you and everyone else, gains really a deeper understanding of the organization. That's right. And what small things may be affecting bigger things, that you know, and the interplay between the departments. I mean, there's just a whole world right. of stuff that
1: Yeah, that's a good that point. Can happen. That's a good point. It, we, we, um, one of the things that I talk to our veterinarians about all the time is organizational influence. You, you want that influence to, um, because we're veterinarians and we have a, something to say, something to contribute. But if we're just concerned about our little part of the world people won't be listening Mm. but if we're concerned about the whole organization people will listen they'll listen to they'll be more willing to listen to the whole thing so yes i think that that has the benefit too and it's again it's all about uh focusing on people to get the results that you want
0: yeah yeah so a couple of other um Don Jansen quotes that I really, really uh, like. Um, you say, leaders serve the needs of others. That is leadership. And anyone can be a leader if they serve. That's responsibility.
1: Yeah, that it's it's all about um, the, the idea that everybody can be a leader. And, and if, if you develop followers... That's all you'll get. But if you develop leaders, you'll develop people Mm -hmm. with responsibility who will act like owners, who will care about the organization and care about the results.
0: Yeah. And obviously, it sounds like, you know, you're familiar with setting up structures that allow people to really understand the inner workings of what they're doing.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, and it is. And
0: why they're doing it?
1: that, that is so important the, that they understand why they're doing it. And so often, <laughs> and this gets to that. I mean, that's that's really what what uh, we're talking about here is focusing on people and getting them to um, be part of the story, getting them mm. to feel that they have uh, a, a purpose and that they're, the purpose is the organiza- they're, what they're doing is contributing to the purpose of the organization, a bigger cause. Yeah. It gets to the why. Uh, and and uh, we so often forget to focus on the why. We focus on instead the what and the how uh, and forget about the why, and people get disengaged when you do that.
0: Yeah, and and ultimately you know, the goal really of servant leadership and of of integrating servant leadership into your your organization is so that everybody can understand their why. Right. And I personally believe that every person um, needs that. It's like food for their souls. It is, yeah. To know why, um, why I'm here. Yeah, it gets you up in the morning and gives
1: you energy to... To get through the tough times.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, so, I want to ask you this is, uh, we didn't talk about this beforehand, I'm going to throw this to you out of left field. <laughs> Can you tell us a, a story from the zoo, a, one of your favorite leadership stories from working with the animals?
1: Oh, my uh, favorite leadership stories. Um, um, well, the one that comes to mind, I think, is um, one about our CEO. Uh, after, after a very difficult and long uh, animal care story, this was a uh, orangutan that we did open heart surgery and mm. she was under uh, ICU care uh, on a ventilator for two weeks. And uh, it was really touch and go that whole time. If I had to bet whether she'd make it through that, it would have been in the probably single-digit percentages, you know. But we persisted and had a lot of help, and she got through it and got better. Mm. And at the end, uh, we uh, so often in, in, in zoos, in me- medicine, you uh, move on to the next thing, you know, and you don't really celebrate the... Successes and that's certainly true with us. We just move on because there's more things to do. But uh, we stopped, and uh, the CEO called me into his office to thank me for doing it. And he, and when he did that, he said, "You know, who else is there to thank?" And I said, "There's a whole bunch of people to thank." Mm -hmm. And he said, "Well, call them, bring them in." So they all came to the CEO's office, and he thanked them personally. And he. He uh, did it with humility, and he did it uh, with as if it were my idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I got credit for it. But beyond that, he, we also had a celebration that um, for all the consultants and everything that helped us. And uh, that sort of thing uh, goes a long way, too. I mean, that, that win and the celebration of the win uh, moved us so that we felt that there was nothing we couldn't accomplish oh, that's and that awesome. lasted for years
0: oh that's really fantastic yeah yeah you felt you were miracle workers right
1: yeah i and that we were appreciated i think and yeah. and uh and he was particularly good at that when there was a difficult thing whether it was a success or a failure he would be there on the big ones when he knew that there was a big emotional investment in it mm-hmm. that would um that could either hurt or help us and he was there always to um not tell us what we did right or wrong but to uh show us that we had value to him personally as well as the organization Mm -hmm. and to hear that from the ceo uh just goes so far yeah more than more than anything i could say or do yeah
0: well, when I, re- when I introduced you today, I said you were the retired head of uh, animal care. You aren't really retired, though, are you? <laughs> <laughs> You've re-fired, as Ken Blanchard would yeah. say.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I still like talking about leadership. I still like talking about animal welfare. Those are my, my, um, my um, things that I enjoy the most. There's a lot of things I don't miss about working, obviously. (laughs) And uh, I I do, um, my wife and I are in a, have a motorhome and we're doing the retired couple things. So I can qualify as retired too, I think.
0: (laughs) You're filling, you're checking all the boxes? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, That's great. Well, how about some final words for us today, Don, about leadership, courageous leadership. Talk a little bit about courageous leadership.
1: Yeah, we we talked a little bit about it sounding soft and, and, and squishy, you know, the sort of easy uh, focus on the people. But I think courageous leadership is thought in, in, incorrectly, by the way. I think it's thought of as being firm and unyielding, uh, decisive, uh, making quick, decisive actions and decisions and taking risks uh, without really worrying about what other people think and um, I don't think that's courageous at all actually. I think it's that short-sightedness that we were talking about before and and um, honestly I think it's kind of selfish. It's it's, uh, it's self-focused at least. On, on the other hand servant leadership really is courageous because it it takes the focus off of yourself uh, by serving others and really the what's courageous part of it is fighting for what's right, regardless of what the outcome might be to you personally. Mm-hmm. And that's what takes courage, and that's what take that's what makes um, great leaders, I think, those yeah. that are willing to take that courage and do the things that's right, regardless of, of what might be the personal stake on them. And, um, and servant leaders... You know, just to bring this full circle, I think they um, they value people for who they are, not just the function that they serve, mm-hmm. and that's what gives people a sense that that uh, they are important, that they have a purpose, and that they will do like for Herb Kelleher, just about anything mm-hmm. that he has, Yeah. And because he, they can trust him. That they, will, that, they that he is out for their best interest, and that's powerful.
0: Yeah, yeah. so if I had to summarize a little bit on this topic, I would just advise leaders out there to, um, to be courageous by deciding to take this different sort of approach, putting relationships ahead of that results word. And when you focus on those relationships and you're very clear to those you serve about what your purpose is, about the goals, whose role, who's doing what, and how you're going to do it, and you lead with compassion toward those people. They will respond, and your results will take care of themselves.
1: Yeah, that's very well summarized. Servant leaders ultimately do get the results they're looking for, but they do it through people.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really wonderful. Well, it was great having you here today. Again, folks, Dawn's book is called Upside-Down Leadership, A Zoo Vet's Journey to Becoming a Servant Leader. And you can pick that uh, book up at ShopZoo.com. That's right. ShopZoo.com.
1: It's also available on Amazon. Oh,
0: and available on Amazon as well. The whole world's available on Amazon. (laughs) We want to thank you, Dawn, for being here today and talking with us. It's always a pleasure to have
1: you here. Thank you. Thanks for the work that SLI does. It's great.
0: Thank you. And thank you to everybody out there listening to us. And we're going to say goodbye, and it's SLI signing off.